0: Hey, hello. Science and theology. That's what we're going to talk about today. This is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, and you are listening to Cross Defense, your weekly uh, dose of worldview demolition, breaking down the strongholds of bad opinions and the false notions of the enemy and setting up shop with the mighty fortress of the Lord's Word, recovering the joy of theology and doctrine. And our topic today for the conversation is uh, theology and science, or maybe more precisely, is theology to be considered a science? We're going to have three guests on today's show. Uh, the first is Pastor Samuel Bobby, pastor of St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Aberdeen, South Dakota. Pastor Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, second pastor, second guest, Pastor Andrew Price, who is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa, and St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. Pastor Price, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Our third guest is Dr. Francis Pieper, who cannot say hello because he is in glory already, but he has given us his wisdom in the words uh, in his writing, Christian Dogmatics, and we're going to let him walk us through this conversation on theology and science. And to do that, to answer the question, we have to first ask the question, what do we mean by science? And Dr. Pieper is going to suggest to us that there are three different definitions of science. And depending on what our understanding of science is, uh, that is going to help us with the question, is theology a science? And I would like to suggest that there's, in fact, a fourth definition of science, the definition, the common definition of science. Maybe we would be better to call it scientism or science that we'll talk about at the end. But, uh, gentlemen, to get us started, uh, what do you think about the topic, theology and science? Pastor Bobby, you first.
1: Um, uh, well, I think anybody who hears this topic, their ears are going to prick up, because I think oftentimes there's a narrative out there that says that these two are opposed to each other, but I think that's going to speak more to your point about scientivism. But I think any time you bring up the topic of uh, theology and science, people are going to be interested, because it's like you know, there's going to be a fight outside, so let's go out and watch. <laughs> That's right, Pastor Price.
2: Yeah, science uh, from the it, it appears to be kind of the, the, the participle of uh, of you know the, the the Latin word for to know. So it's, it's it's like knowing, you know. So the pursuit of knowledge, and um, and so we we have to then ask, well, then what what is knowledge and. Uh, and how do we pursue that and in order for us to come to a better understanding of that we need to ask well what is our capacity for knowledge and uh, and who's in charge of what knowledge is and so you have to kind of get get all that figured out
0: yeah well let's start with a first definition of science where uh, francis people writes if science is defined as quote a systematized natural knowledge being a knowledge of nature and man which is not derived from holy scripture but attained through human observation then christian theology is not a science so if you define science as what we can discover through our reason and exploration from nature and about ourselves then theology doesn't apply uh... why not what's uh... why does that definition of science contradict theology uh, pastor pro start with you this time
2: uh... because Theology is by divine revelation, and it's something that you know. This this goes to the basic teaching of the third article of the creed um, in the catechism. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to Him. I do believe that I can, by my own reason or strength, figure out um, that uh, you know it's wrong to murder. You should uh, you should you should pay your taxes, uh, or or that you know the, the, the why. Uh, an apple falls from the tree, you know, and why, why it hits the ground and, and, and these kinds of observable facts. Um, we do have the reason and strength to figure that out to an extent. But when it comes to theology, that is God's revealed truth to us, uh, in, in the holy scriptures, um, that's something that, uh, comes from heaven and, uh, cannot be, uh, demonstrated, uh, by observable uh you know investigation
0: so there's it's not saying that 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 natural knowledge is a bad sort of thing i mean we want to rejoice in that but that the 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 knowledge uh that theology brings is of a different sort um pastor bobby give us a little bit on this distinction between revealed knowledge natural knowledge and revealed knowledge or um, how do you teach that in your confirmation class this is one of those great distinctions that I think the Lutherans make us clear as anybody and is particularly helpful.
1: Well, you know, I think Pastor Preuss really hit the nail on the head when he talks about where the source of these two different kinds of knowledge coming from. Because, on the one hand, even according to Pieper's definition here, you have human observation and then your own reason or strength based on the observation coming to conclusions and then establishing some kind of certainty about what you can say. However, and Pieper points us out well later, uh, divine uh, knowledge or revelation—the uh, the, the matters of, of Christian theology have to do with what God reveals. And if I'm talking to confirmation kids about this stuff, there is there is so much um, that is true about what what Scripture teaches about what Christ does and how God deals with our sin that when you go back to observation and human experience, um, you would come to completely contrary conclusions um about who god is and this is where you get into every theology of the law you want to go by observation and try to define god according to human observation you'll always end in the law the gospel itself is revealed through scripture via the holy spirit
0: i'm going to sit on that point for a second give me give me an example so if we try to conclude who god is or how god is from natural knowledge, we come to the opposite conclusion that we would from the scriptures. Uh, yeah, give me, give me, give me a quick example of that. I, I want to just press a little bit more on that. That's a helpful insight.
1: Yeah, well, I think the best way to kind of see this is the way that we function with, uh, you could say, uh, rewards or punishment. I mean, typically the way that we function in everyday life and the way that we kind of understand through human experience is that when you do good things, you're rewarded. And when you do bad things, you're punished. And what the law allows you to do is set up a standard that says, look, I'm doing good things, and so I deserve the good things that I get. And if I do the bad things, I've broken the law, and now I deserve the bad things that I get. Whereas, what does God do in Christ? He takes what we deserve and places it upon His Son to give us what we don't deserve, forgiveness of sins and life and salvation.
0: Can I say could I say it like this Pastor Preuss? that so when we 're doing when we 're thinking along the lines of natural knowledge uh, investigating the natural things of this world, we expect everything to work in cause and effect, and that allows us to it allows us to make guesses about how things if we observe enough of how things are, then we can s- figure out how things are going to be but one of yeah. the at least one of the distinctions between Theology and natural knowledge or the or scripture and natural knowledge is that the Lord is not acting according to certain laws or according to certain principles uh, he in fact is a he is a pers- three persons father son and holy spirit and he's and he's not simply following uh, some sort of dictates but in fact he's interacting with us uh a- As the God who uh, preaches both law and gospel. In other words, the, the difference between what the scriptures tell us about truth and what we observe about truth is that the scriptures surprise us. I mean, God surprises us because he doesn't act according to some sort of rules he doesn't act like we expect him. but in fact he comes to us and more often than not he comes in mercy and kindness and love he comes in flesh to die for us i mean this is not something that follows any sort of laws of nature it is something that's completely unexpected
2: yeah god's not beholden to us and that's a great thing that's a wonderful comfort for us you know i was just uh Today, uh, looking over the Old Testament lesson for this coming Sunday in the historic lectionary, and it's in Isaiah 40, where uh, you know we we hear this in Advent about you know comfort, comfort my people. And what's interesting about Isaiah 40 is it follows Isaiah 39, where God says to Hezekiah that He's going to send the Babylonians against uh, against uh, Judah and Jerusalem and, and carry them off and destroy them. And, uh, and then immediately after that. He gets into this surprise. All of a sudden, he's talking about comforting them, forgiving their sins. That he's telling them that their warfare is already over, even though in in a hundred years they're going to be demolished. By uh, and so, so the you know the reason why the Babylonians are coming after them is because that's the whole cause and effect. That's the law. You know, you disobeyed God, and this is this is the this is the uh, the consequence. And uh, the Old Testament lesson for the Sunday, you know, gets into talking about how. You know, he says, "Well, what kind of God do you have? He's a God who doesn't get tired. He's not like like mortal men. He's not like even even the young man gets tired. Um, but but you who fear the Lord will renew your strength and be lifted up as on on eagle's wings. You know, and uh, and and that is you're right. That's the surprise. And you know, one of the things too that you can kind of point out is that natural man doesn't like surprises. You know, you could you could look at when the gospel comes about." You know, the, the, the new man, the broken and contrite spirit, he who fears the Lord takes great comfort in it, um, because he's been prepared, he's been plowed, but the natural man who's, who's, who, who still wants to think that he can actually keep the law. He's sort of like the guy who you surprise him at his birthday party and he just screams and says don't ever do that again and he just runs away you know and that's kind of that's that's the it's a, it's a good surprise but not everybody likes it you know the word the, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing
0: this is how god is uh, when when we read the, in the scriptures my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways that, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts that, that, that there's this great distinction between the way the lord does things and the way that we think about things this is the, this is it it's this it's this kind of stunning shock and surprise Uh, of the gospel. I mean, it's the reason why we have to have the scriptures, and one of the reasons why there's a distinction between the natural knowledge of God and the revealed knowledge of God, because if we just sorted out how God was on our own, we would never come to the truths of the creed. I mean, natural knowledge tells us that God is is good we see the order of the world that he's big he created the place and that he's mad because we're sinners i mean that's as far as you can get a god who's good big and mad but when you open the bible page after page god comes and surprises us. he says now now i'm i'm, I'm different i I'm in, i'm in the womb of the virgin mary and i'm bearing your sins on the cross and look the grave is empty surprise uh, it's not—it's not God like you expect Him, but it is God as He truly is, and that's why the Scriptures are so important. So that if you're reading the Bible, you just say, "What's going to be on the next page?" You could—you could never ever guess what's coming on the next page. I mean, can you imagine? Here you are. Here's Jacob getting ready to go back and face his brother Esau. What's going to come on the next page? Well, Jesus is going to show up and wrestle with him and bust his hip out of place. I mean, how? or and then you just go to the, what's going to happen next? You know, well, now the Moses is out in the thing, and and now. Jesus is gonna show up in a bush and he's gonna send Moses back to rescue the people and by the way throw your staff on the ground and ah it's a snake and then I mean every single page is how can we possibly be bored with this thing the the, the scriptures are so
2: great when God reveals himself I I said this in a sermon uh, not too long ago that when God reveals himself as the Trinity Father Son Holy Spirit and you reveal salvation apart from works he's insulting our intelligence it's an assault on the flesh and uh, that's the surprise, you know, that, that we, want, we want, by nature, we want things to be line upon line, rule upon rule, you know, here a little, there a little, so that we can kind of have control of it and sort of navigate it ourselves. But God comes and smashes that and gives us a righteousness that is not of our own.
1: I you know, think, pa- oh, yeah, Pastor Bobby, please. No, I was just going to say I think that ties back into what we're talking about science because this is going to speak to just any human system. So back when Peter's talking, just if it's whether it's a metaphysical system or whether you're talking about scientism, you want to have some sort of system in place because that system does give you control. You can explain it, then you can predict it, and you can control it. And just like Pastor Proy said, the whole point is God taking that all away so that you can have a righteousness that's not your own. Yeah.
0: That's so fantastic. I mean, so you know, we there 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 do have to be people who study nature, you know, scientists and philosophers and and doctors and all this sort of stuff. You know, we should when someone tells us that they they're studying these things and they're interested in these things, we should have a little bit of sympathy and say, "Oh, sorry, that you don't get to study the thing that is the best, which is theology." I mean, we're, we, that you have to kind of submit, you know, you kind of have to subdue your joy and your imagination to study these things of the world while, while you leave the great joy and wonder to us theologians. But how bad are we? We're like, oh, theology, you know, it's a, a difficult and deadly. I mean, this is, there's nothing better than, than theology. Well, anyway, we're not going to get very far if we don't let uh, Dr. Pieper introduce us to the next topic, which is if we define science as a theological science, a higher form of knowledge, then the knowledge of faith then theology is not a science. Uh Pastor Bobby, what is he what is he talking about here? What's the danger that he's pointing out to us?
1: Well, I, um with that definition that you just quoted?
0: Yes. And with well, the idea that there's a kind of a there's a difference between what our faith can know and what the professional theologian can know. I think that's the danger that that we make theology a sort of elitist uh, study, right?
1: Yeah, I think what he, what he's getting at there is you can make the same errors when you're studying theology that you can make when you're just studying natural knowledge. And rather than saying that the truths that are grasped in theology are ultimately based upon faith in the Holy Spirit, what you end up doing is taking theology and trying to turn it into a science also, which means that you're trying to take the truth of Scripture, this unpredictability um, that is essentially the Gospel in, in, in God, uh, doing law to us and gospel killing and making alive and what you try to do is you try to in some way i don't know be apologetic to that to the standards of the world that say you can't possibly have any certain knowledge in scripture unless you make these doctrinal truths or these truths from scripture conform to some sort of standard out there that the world takes to be real knowledge hence if it's not scientific, it couldn't possibly be true, so if you encounter something non-natural in Scripture, well, we have to either explain that or turn it into some sort of myth, myth or something like that, I think there's a danger there between what the professional theologians... So I can remember uh, professors in seminary who were so well-versed in, in the Scriptures saying that you know, when they got their PhDs at a secular university, yeah, their, their professors who knew the Scriptures inside and out were atheists. And I don't ah. want to hear that for the first time just being just completely dumbfounded. Like, really? And that just shows you the importance of the role of faith in the Holy Spirit.
0: More on this, the topic of theology and science, when we get back to the break. You're listening to Cross Defense this Monday afternoon. Uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, your host, uh, to joined by Pastor Sam Bobby and Pastor Andrew Preuss, uh, breaking it down and building it back up for you. Stay tuned.
2: I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house
0: of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1. Each weekday, the servants
2: of God at the LCMS International Center gather together to receive the gifts of God in His Word. I invite you to join us weekdays, 10 a.m., for a live broadcast of daily chapel services
0: on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.
3: Hi, I'm Gary Duncan, the General Manager of Worldwide KFUO. In Romans 10, 17, we read, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. There's a great need among the people of this world to hear the Word of Christ. A need to hear about the hope, love, mercy, and salvation found in Jesus. As a partner with us, KFUO becomes your voice to declare the gospel of Christ to those still in darkness. Jesus says, "As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you," That's John 20:21. 20, when you make a gift to KFUO, we together as one voice go out to the world and proclaim that good news of Christ through this radio ministry. Join us for Shareathon 2018, April 19th through 21st. Celebrate your radio station and enjoy your favorite host and guest during this 3-day Shareathon event. Again, Shareathon 2018 is April 19th through 21st on worldwide and AMA 50 KFUO in St. Louis, the messenger of good news.
0: Welcome back to cross defense. I'm your host, special Brian Wolfmuller in Aurora, Colorado Hope Lutheran church over here. If you want to join in the show, you can shoot a tweet. You can tweet a tweet at me. At B. Wolfmuller, I'll probably check Twitter in a couple of days, be very lively and interactive, uh, or get a hold of us that way. You can check out some of the other stuff at wolfmuller.co, the website that's there. I'm joined by Pastor Sam Bobby, St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota, Pastor Andrew Preuss, who serves both Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa, and St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. And we're talking about theology and science, which is great This is such a great topic. And we talked about how if we understand science to mean what you can know by nature, then theology doesn't count because theology is what we know by God telling us himself about himself. But then we have this question, is there a such thing as a a sort of a theological science? Can you do theology in such a way that you know more than the average man? And Dr. Pieper says this. This is great. There's but one organ for the apprehending things spiritual, the medium cognoscendi, the mechanism for comprehension. And that organ is faith, the simple faith of the Christian man. The theologian is not equipped with some other more highly developed organ for the purpose. In other words, the theologian, like any other Christian, knows of spiritual things only so much as he believes on the basis of the revealed word of God. That is fantastic, Pastor Prush, What do you think?
2: Yeah, um, the, you know the, this. Uh, this goes to the uh, like First Timothy two, where where Paul says that God desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of salvation, and that's really what true knowledge is, and it's that which is revealed from the Scriptures. And I mean, this is something that uh, uh, I, you know, as a pastor, I don't boast and i can't boast in my theological education and how many degrees that i have um that uh some people might even point that out that, well you've been you've been trained in all this and 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 that's that's a valid point you know that 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 i have been a, a trained by the church to 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 be in the ministry but the main reason why people should listen to their pastor is because he's sent by God to proclaim to them the Scriptures, and if he's proclaiming the Scriptures, then they need to listen to the Scriptures because the Scriptures are from God. And you you, you look at um <clears throat> you look at Paul, and you know I kind of alluded to Philippians chapter three of uh, having a righteousness that is not of your own that comes from the law, but that of faith in Christ, um, the righteousness of God. Um, you know, Paul goes uh, goes on this litany of these merits that he has. You know, where he says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, he was he was he excelled as a as an academic. You know, he knew he knew his knowledge of the scriptures uh were were very vast and um he was kind of it seems that he was sort of a prodigy. Um and yet he says I count it all as nothing. I count it all as dung um as manure. <laughs> So that I may uh, be found in Christ, having His righteousness and not my own.
0: Now, Pastor Bobby, uh, uh, keep going with that idea. How, I mean, you mentioned it before the break that there was these theology professors that were atheists, and this shows this this that there can be this huge difference between knowledge and faith. And when we're dealing with theology, we're not dealing with a knowledge of the scriptures, a bare, a basic bare knowledge by itself but the but the purpose of all of this is faith not it's just not so that we could you know win if we're happen to be on jeopardy in the category is obscure facts about the bible we're 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 reading this thing because in the scriptures we hear the voice of jesus who talks to us and tells us things that we, we would never know otherwise like that he forgives us uh so push on this distinction between knowledge and faith a bit
1: yeah, I mean, like 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 Pastor Price is is pointing out, and like St. Paul uh, was reiterating there. I mean, knowledge is is as a as a kind of an end in and of itself is always going to be a bit of a problem when you're talking about things like certainty and talking about things of um, oh, I don't know, things like we we typically associate with salvation. Um, And and the reason for that is when you're talking about knowledge, you are talking about a system, and you're talking about human beings, and you're talking about what is finite, and there's always going to be limitations, and there's always a sense that this is historically, temporally bound, the kind of knowledge that you have. So if you're studying philosophy now as opposed to studying philosophy 100 years ago, you have a whole different set of propositions. If you're studying science now compared to studying science a uh, hundred years ago, we're applying science to observable data. The data changes and all these different things. And so there's a sense where truth has to come to you from the outside and that this, this uh, uh, truth uh, that comes to us from the outside is... Uh, has to be an actual thing, and that's where faith comes in. It's not something we can ever reach on our own, because all the knowledge that we try to employ always just brings us back to ourselves and to the limitations, and that is the uh, limitations of of sin that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, So only God's Word coming to us from the outside can actually kind of destroy the idol of knowledge, and kind of, you know, and raise us to faith uh, in Christ via the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, knowledge, well, that's why I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day, and he said, well, to the degree that you're just still dealing with, with, with human knowledge, it's always going to be based on opinions, you know, supported by different arguments, but you're going to have arguments for infinity. It just, it's just going to go on forever as opposed to God's definitive word that comes in and establishes the way things are.
0: Pastor Price, you sound like yeah. you... you you sound like you had something to thought
2: about that. Oh yeah, no that uh, j- just to, to kind of even um uh, elaborate more on what Pastor Bobby's saying there about how you know it brings you I like I like what he said there about how it, it brings you to yourself and uh and your your own limitations and one of the things that uh we we confess so strongly in the uh in both in our confessions the Ar- Augsburg confession article 2 and uh, formula Concord Oracle one is the is 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 how sin is not just a lack of something good, but it is a hostility against God. And so, mm-hmm. so to kind of go off from that, you know, that we're brought into ourselves. Well, not only does that show our limitations away from God, it shows our hostility against God. And it really is no coincidence that uh, <clears throat> that people are so driven to to destroy um the truth i remember um when i was in seminary at uh, saint catharines ontario and uh, dr winger had us watch a debate between uh, a guy named wallace who wrote this greek grammar um, and uh he was arguing with um with a uh, i forget his name who's that guy he's he's kind of the he's the he he helped uh uh um Met Metzger, I think, wrote that uh that that uh book on uh, textual criticism. Um and now he's a scoffer. Oh. Um what who? Uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think yeah, of it either. You know, his name is for some reason it's just it's it's flipping my mind right now. Um but I'll probably remember it later on the show than blurt it out while Pastor Bobby's talking. <laughs> but uh but anyway, uh so he so there's this debate where the, 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 the scoffer who grew up an evangelical is talking about how all these manuscripts and the New Testament and all these variants and, and you can never get to the to the real one. And this guy knows so much. You know, he doesn't even believe in God. He's just a total heathen. But he knows way more than your pastor does about textual criticism, which is you know the different manuscripts of the New Testament and his Greek is it, is, is impeccable and all that stuff. And afterwards, you know, we're listening to this this debate, and afterwards we're talking in the student in the student lounge. We asked. Dr. Winger, someone raised his hand and asked him, well, why do you think this guy is, is, continues to read and study the Bible and be engaged in this, uh, biblical study? And, uh, Dr. Winger said, I think it's, I think he simply wants to destroy the faith. And, 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 uh, that really has stuck with me. Um, I think Dr. Winger was absolutely right. And it really gets to what Pastor Bobby was saying that, you know, it goes, It it turns us in in ourselves and what is in our heart is hostility against God. Natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God. Uh, the flesh that is set, uh, the the mind that is set in the flesh is hostile to God. And so this becomes actually a battlefield, um, where there's really no neutral spot. Like later on at the end of this section, Pieper, you know, puts in quotes, uh, intellectual honesty. Um, this pretended intellectual honesty, and it's all baloney. They, they claim to be objective with their science, and really, they are just uh, trying to cover up the fact, um, and maybe not even trying so so hard to cover up the fact, that they are by nature at enmity with God.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's, this is how the demons are, right? The, even the demons believe, uh, the scripture tells us, but they shudder so that there's a there's a demonic faith there's a knowledge of the scriptures a knowledge of god but it's not a trust in god it's not a relying on god and and this is a great danger i mean i remember when i told some people that i was going to go to the seminary and they said oh you mean the cemetery and it's the idea that that's where faith goes to die now how (laughs) tragic how absolutely tragic that we think a study of the scripture a study of theology a study of church history would be dangerous to the faith rather than strengthening the faith. I mean, Pieper and, and all of our great Lutheran theologians, they go about their theological work as Christians, understanding that the point of theology, the goal of theology is stronger faith, is to, is a, is a deeper trust in the Lord Jesus, not uh, to just know the stuff but to believe in it and to trust in it this is uh, so that there's so that the theologian is not bringing forth his own thoughts what does it say here Piper says that it doesn't give the theologian the ability to generate of himself spiritual thoughts mm-hmm. it doesn't give him the right to think his own theological thoughts that's false we are given to speak what the scripture says to believe what jesus says about us and about himself
2: uh,
1: Erman, by the way bart airman yeah okay. yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, You know, you you talk about these ideas to generate your own theological thought. I mean, if you go back to Schleiermacher, who's, you know, around in the uh, late 18th and early 19th century, you have a guy here who's generating his own theology, but when he heads off uh, to study, he ends up studying these philosophers like Spinoza, he gets up with these other guys, and what ends up happening is he does, he loses, like, not all the doctrines of the church, but he's like, well, this one couldn't possibly be true, well, and this one, but he's evaluating those according to the philosophies and metaphysics that he has, and so then all of a sudden, by the time he's, you know, uh, being a pastor and a teacher, he's just generating all these theological ideas that are really just a reflection of his own self and his own personal experience, and has nothing to do with the actual uh, of faith that is meant to be created via scripture and law and gospel and all those things, and it's just out the window. This sort of thing has been going on. I think now the setting would be different, you would go uh, into a secular setting to study the Scriptures and any, you know, students who ever had to take a course on the Bible in a secular institution It's meant to be just pure history. And then I get into all the assumptions of what does that mean to be history? What's your philosophy of history? And at the end of it, you do find this idea, we're back to where people kind of start us, that science can only be observation, and that's the only thing we could ever possibly know, which is really just us trying to uh, take ourselves and kind of self-empower our own sinfulness. It's insane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to self-empower our own sinfulness. We use the the work of theology just as another excuse to justify ourselves to do what we want to do. That's stunning. I mean, can you imagine that we could take the very highest art, we could take the Lord's Word, and we'd bend them back uh, to use for ourselves instead of to use in the true worship of God. But that is, I mean, I guess that's what, how we started this conversation after the break. That's... That's our fallen nature. I mean that is what the sinner does with even the good gifts of God, huh? Pastor Price?
2: Yeah, God will not be mocked. Um and uh, you know Pastor Bobby was talking about uh how Schleiermacher, you know, kind of tried to he he tri- he really he tried to save Christianity. Um you know, he had these friends who thought it was all nonsense and didn't didn't meet up to reason because they learned from some uh, from their professors that uh that you need that 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 the accidental truths of history um, cannot be proof for necessary truths of reason, you know that kind of stuff. And so he, you know, he, he wrote something about uh, like the something to the cultural despisers, where he's trying to he's trying to convince his heathen friends that Christianity is, is okay, and he's trying to do it on their turf, you know, with their methods. And he ends up just making shipwreck of the faith. And that we see this again and again and again throughout. Throughout history, especially since the time of the Enlightenment, um, uh, and uh, <clears throat> you know, in the nineteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth centuries, um, and it is it really um, it, the the moral of the story is God is right and you are wrong. All men are liars and God is true, and uh, and that's what we that's where we need to begin. And if we don't begin there, then we cannot. Um, if that is not our understanding that God is true and all men are liars then any attempt to to, to, to even conceive of theology as a science is going to destroy the faith. Uh,
0: Pieper is going to give us one option for understanding theology as science that does hold up true, and he says it like this, and we'll probably have to... uh, I'll have to introduce this idea, and then we'll go to the break and bring it home on the other side, but it says, if the term science denotes a certain knowledge, emphasis on certain, in opposition to mere opinion, views, hypotheses, etc., Then, theology is the perfect science, the only reliable science on Earth. Because all other science is based on human observation and human deduction, and in the nature of the case, the information offered by philosophy, astronomy, medical science, etc., is more or less unreliable. But the Christian theologian gets his information from the Bible, which is God's Word, the depository of God's own observation, opinion, and doctrine. I love that. You want to know what God's opinion is? Well, that's why you have the Bible. <laughs> Such a science cannot contain any error. It cannot give any unreliable information. And here he quotes John 17:17, 17, 17, Thy word is truth, and John 10, the Scripture, cannot be broken. Now, th- this is a true, then, uh, understanding of science. If we want to say, hey, hey science just means to have a, a knowledge that's certain, a knowledge that's sure and a knowledge that's unwavering then theology is the perfect science and this is this goes so counter to everything that we are tempted to think in our own day because we think if you want to have some absolute certain knowledge then it's some sort of mathematical knowledge or something that we've observed if i see it i'll believe it but Pieper is going to say no no the old, the, the most true and certain knowledge is the knowledge that comes from the scriptures. And if we treat science as the if we treat theology as the biblical doctrine, then we have true science. We're gonna talk about that on the other side of the break. This is Cross Defense. I'm your host, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, joined by Pastor Samuel Bobby and Pastor Andrew Price talking about theology and science. Stick with us. A minute and a half, we'll be back talking some more.
3: The story of Worldwide KFUO is a tale of technology. Radio was new in 1924 when KFUO was born to serve Christ the Savior. Now, KFUO is still finding new broadcast technologies so we can spread the gospel to the world via the web, smartphones, tablets, and new intelligent speaker devices. And when the next big thing is unveiled, we'll be there too. Broadcasting the good news at the forefront of technology. We are Worldwide KFUO.
2: Three things make a believer Oratio, Meditatio, Tentatio. Prayer, Meditation, and Growth. Which is why every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., we bring you Oratio, an hour of solace, contemplation, scripture, sacred music, and faith. Oratio. The dawn breaks with prayer
1: every morning on Worldwide KFUO. If you said the name Julia E. Smith today, few would know of her historic contribution, both as an abolitionist and the first woman to translate the Bible into English.
3: From 1845 to 1860, Julia E. Smith translated the Old and New Testaments five times from Hebrew, Aramaic,
1: Greek, and Latin into English. She did not initially intend to publish her work, so it was 22 years before the translation was finally published in 1876 in Hartford, Connecticut.
3: She'd learned Latin
0: and Greek in school, but it was a friend and scholar, Samuel Jarvis, who urged her to study Hebrew. She wrote, I cannot express how greatly I enjoy the work of translating and how the real meaning of different texts would thrill through my mind.
3: Seeing Julia E. Smith's Bible is but one of a thousand ways to
1: engage with the Bible at Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C.
0: Welcome back to Cross the Fence. Pastor Brian Wolfmuller here from Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Pastor Sam Bobby from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Pastor Andrew Price from Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa. And St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. And Francis Pieper of Concordia uh, Seminary, St. Louis. Or, I suppose, from Glory now, uh, all talking about this topic of theology and science. And we're going to have a... How many guests do we have? One, two, three... We're going to have a fourth guest. Martin Luther is going to join us in just a second. Because he has something to add to this, this great quotation. We're talking about if science is the certainty of no, is to, is to know something for certain, then not only is theology a science, but, but Francis Pieper said theology is the only science. And he's going to bring in Luther to join in the conversation, who says these, this is so great. The Holy Ghost is not a skeptic, nor are what he has written in our hearts doubts or opinions. But assertions more certain and more firm than life itself and all human experience. Oh, this is Al, this is Luther, getting after Erasmus in his uh, the beginning of the bondage of the will. This great stuff. The Holy Spirit is no skeptic. This famous quote. Pastor Price, get us started on this. That the uh, if if science is knowing something for sure, then theology is the only science.
2: Yeah, and that that shows that it can't simply be a neutral uh, study. Um, this is. Uh, it is an assault on our human experience, and uh, you know, Luther, as you pointed out, Luther says these words in, in the beginning of his uh, *Bondage of the Will*, where he's in, in a debate with Erasmus on the topic of free will and uh, whether man has a free will to come to God um, and uh, and and obey his 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 commandments um, and be pleasing to God. And Luther says, "No," and this is re- this is an assault on the human will it's god's will against ours and because of that we are actually able to be fully certain because we have the testimony of god in the scriptures luther gets into uh two different types of of of, uh, of certainty or two different types of uh, clarity as he as he calls it uh there's the external clarity of scripture and the internal clarity and the external clarity is that you know it, it it's not <clears throat> it's apparent what it says the scriptures are clear on the outside. It's what the old dogmaticians would call the perspicuity of scripture, that it, that it, it, it's uh it's not hiding what it what it what it is saying. Although it does hide it, hide it from the wise. That's why Jesus speaks in parables, but that's another issue. Um, but uh but there's also the internal clarity that God gives us faith and that because he gives us faith we have we have the certainty to assert it. And this is so freeing from the if you know you consider you consider how academics go these days and how any types of any type of conversation you have with people you have to have experienced every little thing to be able to talk about it you have to have all the footnotes all the you know all of the expertise and you know then you see Jesus who comes along and just speaks and says thus saith the lord this is what i say you know this is what this is what the scriptures say and they they perceive him as one who speaks with authority not like the not like they're scribes, and you can see, you can get a little taste of this if you look into the Talmud, which is the collection of rabbi, rabbinical writings on on the uh, the Torah and stuff like that. You know, they they uh, they're always quoting different rabbis, like Rabbi Ben whatever said this, Rabbi this, such and such said this, and then Jesus shows up and he says, "Boom! Here's an assertion. Deal with it." You know, and uh, and this is this is the freedom that he gives to us to be able to speak. Um, even if you're talking to someone who has way more degrees than you could ever imagine, um, you can speak the Word of God with confidence that, you know, it's like that that, uh, that hymn that by Ed, Ed Erwin Neumeister, where he says, he says, I know my faith is founded on Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, and this my faith confessing. Um, uh, uh, unmoved, I stand upon His Word. Man's reason cannot fathom the The truth of God profound, who trusts her subtle wisdom, relies on shifting ground. God's Word is all-sufficient. It makes divinely sure, and trusting in its wisdom, my faith can rest secure. And as he says in another hymn, God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. These are assertions that any man, woman, or child who's baptized into Christ and has the knowledge of salvation can make.
1: Pastor Bobby? how do you follow that up? That was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was just really great. Um, yeah, I, it's he's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. I mean, the certainty that we have that comes through faith is a very freeing kind of a certainty. And I think outside of the faith, it's very difficult to even comprehend what that kind of security, even to imagine what that's like, because within... These other bodies of knowledge, whether or not you want to rely upon expertise um, and the kind of minutia, or whether or not you want to rely on your personal experience, like what he was saying, if you have to have a conversation, you, you know, did you have the experience, do you know about all of these things? But in all that stuff, there, there's, there's tons of uncertainty. You're trying always to overcome the limitations that you have. All of it just, in the end, if you, if you really are going to examine it, just highlights your inability to know so much, your inability to have certainty, but also your desire to control all of that. And when God comes uh, uh, in the Scriptures uh, and through the, through the work of Christ and through the Spirit and through the Word and frees you from that and tells you just this is the way that it is, all of a sudden you do have that freeing effect, and it's so fantastic because you don't have to try to prove it. He gets to this, Peeper does at the end, it's so fantastic. He says, stick to the realities. Stick to the realities. <laughs> yeah. Let the law do its work like the gospel do its work, you know? Oh, that was great.
0: And then we know stuff. I mean, then we truly know. We live in a in an age where, I, don't, I mean, people, I think um are are uncertain about certainty you know they don't think you can actually know anything at all and if you can know something it's because you've seen it you know that we so we say seeing is believing although you know that's being assaulted with the uh with the whole phenomenon of fake news which i i think so so interesting to think about that you can't you know what who can you trust what can you trust in where where's anything that stands secure and here And Pieper tells us there is only one place. I mean, we know, because we are fallen people, we know that even our observations will be wrong. Our memory will be wrong. Our capacity to sort it all out and connect the dots, that will be wrong. But there is one who is not wrong. There is only one place where we can be sure that we're getting the truth, and that is in the scriptures themselves. And if if we want to talk about knowledge, true knowledge, pure knowledge, then we are forced to talk about that place where it can be found: the scriptures themselves.
2: Yeah, you know, when you look in the Gospels and you ask you ask yourself, okay, what are the things that Jesus is impressed with, whether negatively or positively? <laughs> what does he marvel at? Well, he marvels at the unbelief of people when they refuse to believe him, even though he has demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is the son of God in the flesh, but he also, he marvels at faith. And, uh, and, and he, he never marvels at, uh, you know, a, a, a vast uh, uh, breadth of, of knowledge of the facts um the closest thing that you might you might have to that is in mark's gospel where he says uh he says to the guy oh yeah you're not close for, you're not you're you're not far from the kingdom of god you know uh when he when he when the guy says that uh loving god above all things is is better than uh than all um than all sacrifices but but when it comes to what what are the things that make jesus stop in his tracks and say wait someone touched me someone trusted in me you know, and, and, and point to everyone, point to the woman who put the might, you know, in the, in the, in the offering and, uh, and, and say, and, 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 and broadcast it to everyone. The things that he marvels at is that simple faith created by the Holy Spirit in his promise. And that is what, and that, and as pastors, we should keep this in mind that, that, uh, that, that God does care how much you know that's why he trained you the people do care how much you know when people say they don't care people don't care how much you know they want to know how much you care well that's just a that's really a cliche that's not helpful that's not the point but but the reason why the the question is why do you know what you know as a pastor it's so that you may have certainty it's to serve the certainty of the confession that you give and what what is it that the people are encouraged um, uh, uh, from you What, what is it that encourages them when you're bold in the word when you boast in the lord and you you teach them by example to do the same and to be certain of the things that god has given to you in christ
0: a few minutes earlier, Pastor Poise, you quoted that famous text in First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen, that says the natural man does not know the things of the Spirit of God. They're spiritually discerned. Peepers going to quote a verse that comes just a few, you know, just right before that in the text, talking about the opposite, about how we can have a certainty. And he says, uh, this is First Corinthians two, twelve. He says, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So that the Holy Spirit uh, is given to us as a gift. And one of the fruits of the, of the gift of the Holy Spirit is that we have this knowledge of the things of God. Uh, Pastor Preuss and Pastor Bobby, thoughts on that? How the Holy Spirit uh, brings to us that, oh, that science, that certainty of knowledge about the things of God.
1: It reminds me of actually when in Matthew 16, when Jesus is rebuking well Peter, because Peter first rebukes Jesus about his you know revealing to the disciples that he's going to go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan! You set your mind on the things of the world and not on the things of God. And I think that is the difference that I think Saint Paul is talking about here and what we've been talking about just in general. When you set your mind on the things of man, there's not certainty. And within the context of Matthew 16, he's talking about the cross. He's talking about this—the gospel: Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, rising for our salvation. That's there in that revelation of God's love for us, God's revelation, the revelation of God, God's mercy towards us, His graciousness towards us. That our certainty lies, and of course, that is something that the Holy Spirit uh, works through the Word to create the faith. Uh, but that is that is the object of that faith is Christ and His work that we see for us on the cross is, you know, objective reconciliation uh, of sin, and it's and that's the fantastic certainty, and that's what every other form of knowledge out there, science, cannot give. This is why everyone out there who's listening to this, who's you know finds himself in the scientific or scientivism camp, gets offended, is because as pastor poised early that is an assault on our certainty like everything that you know you're doing with an academia within science ultimately there's games being played there because you don't have the certainty and you want to establish a certainty and you're trying to make decisions and say what is good or bad and ultimately it's coming back to the self and here comes god in his word saying this is the way it is and that is an assault on on human wisdom and it's and it's offensive Ah, uh, but the wonderful good news of the gospel; those are the things, the things of God.
2: Yeah, and so you, you know, this r- brings brings to mind also uh, what Paul says in Romans twelve, that uh, that first of all we present our, our our ourselves as living sacrifices as a pleasing aroma to God. And then he says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may discern, right, that you may judge what is the good and pleasing will of God." And so, the, you know, this is, the, when people should not misunderstand this, and we, when we say, when the Scriptures uh, talk about the knowledge of salvation being really the only true knowledge, this isn't some, re, some act of reducing the Gospel down to some little quip. No, it is that seed which grows, and it transforms you. And, 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 and as Pastor Bobby pointed out, this happens under the cross, you know, God tests us so that we may discern. And that we may judge. I mean, Paul, uh, this, and this goes. This expands out into so many different areas. I mean, even when we talk about about uh, creation, you know, Paul gets into this in uh, in First Corinthians eleven. He says, "Judge for yourselves whether a woman should should uh, should pray with her with her head uncovered." Why? He's telling them to to think about what God says about both. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and also his his uh, uh you know husband and wife, and this kind of stuff, which is all related and so we shouldn't simply uh, turn this into a uh, a lowest uh, uh, kind of lowest standard of knowledge no this is this this is the beginning of all knowledge. the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge and so when 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 we have with a broken and contrite heart which which Peter gets into later on. That, that, uh, that we have this gospel, this, this faith in the gospel, then that is, it's with that we build on that, and we can judge all things. And we shouldn't be afraid to study whatever is under the sun. If you want to study mechanics, you want to study uh, uh, physics, uh, you want to study history, go ahead. Do so with the mind of Christ. Do so with, with the enlightened uh, uh, faith that God has given you uh, with the light of his gospel.
0: The clock is going to kill us, gentlemen, because we have one more topic to talk about, and we don't have that long to do it, and that is this idea of scientism, basically naturalism and materialism that says that uh, the only things that are are the things that can be measured. This is what we're up against. And it is a deadly enemy, especially when it comes to theology and science. But i got to give you guys each about 30 seconds to talk about that. Pastor Bobby, you go first.
1: Oh, I've got a well-developed rant on this. Um, I'll put it this way. This is the sort of thing that reduces everything down to just fact and opinion, therefore subjectivity. I see this all the time. I get confirmation kids, and they see all relationships as just, you're here for me, because the only thing that can be true is facts, and my values are an opinion, so my opinions are necessarily true, so I'm going to use you to make myself happy. Drives me up a crazy wall. Ah,
0: Pastor Preuss, we need an hour, but you've got 30 seconds. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is, uh,
2: what we should emphasize here is that any type of demonstration is only for the sake of showing people that they're without excuse and that it, it all goes back to repentance. If we show people nice. that his, historically it, it is undeniable that Christ has risen from the dead, that is to, uh, break down, um, their presuppositions and their smug quote unquote intellectual honesty and to bring them to repentance so that they would find their true knowledge in the words that Jesus speaks uh, from the empty tomb.
0: You're listening to Cross Defense. That was Pastor Andrew Preuss, also Pastor Sam Bobby joining me, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, talking about the certainty. The only way we can have absolute certainty is by listening to God's Word itself. And that certainty gives us a certainty about who we are, sinners that deserve God's wrath. But even more, it gives us a certainty about who God is, the one who... uh, who died on the cross for our sins so that we could hear his word, his unwavering, absolutely true word, that our sins are forgiven. Talk to you again next week on Cross Defense.
1: You're listening to Cross Defense produced by Worldwide KFUO the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod your support is vital for this program to continue to learn about giving opportunities call Mary at 314-996-1518 or you can make a gift safe, secure and easily online at KFUO.org thank you for listening and supporting Cross Defense on Worldwide KFUO